Are we ready for Sci-Fight Science Comedy Debate? I said, I asked you if you were ready for Sci-Fight Science Comedy Debate and you responded adequately. I believe believe everyone is prepared and ready for this event, which is good because that's exactly what we're doing and we had no plan B. Welcome to Sci-Fight. It's so good to see you all. Ah, you're all delightful, wonderful human beings. Uh, for those, any, okay, who's, who's been before? Make some noise. <laughs> Who are the losers who've never been to a sci-fight before? I don't know why it's actually. Loser and proud. Thank you for coming and responding irrespective of the insults that I levelled at you. Um, if, you've, if you've not been before, uh, Basically, the, the gist is that uh, this is a place where we bring together the sharpest minds from science and comedy and make them debate critical issues in a silly way. Uh, it's kind of like a Morris dance, but without the brutal stabbings. <laughs> I spent a lot of time alone. That was funny to me. <laughs> my name is Alanta. I'm your host and adjudicator tonight. It is my job to, keep, to make sure that we have a good, clean fight the topic that we are debating tonight is, do drugs improve us? Look, this is a debate. I expect you to all come in with open minds and open hearts, listen to the arguments that are presented without any preconceived notions, all of the people in the front row with a beer. Good, okay. Drugs, uh, they've had wars waged against them, they've founded empires, they've been managed by drug lords, drug barons, though conspicuously few drug earls. <laughs> Earl Grey being the notable exception. <laughs> they've been the scourge of the streets. Are drugs the opiate of the masses? Or can drugs help us achieve our full potential? Are they the key to creativity? You cannot tell me that the Sydney Opera House was designed by a sober person. (laughs) What even is a drug? If it's something that alters your physical or mental state, is sunlight a drug or a really spicy curry? (laughs) Is is love a drug? And should it be subsidised under the pharmaceutical benefits scheme? (laughs) Seeking solutions, our debaters got blinded and then for good measure, double blinded. Would you make welcome the affirmative, Arjun Chahal, Kate Huckstep, and Ben Russell. And on the negative, it is the sober Frida Werdiger, Martin Dunlop. And Beck Petratus. All debaters accounted for. Excellent. Arjun, hello. We're going to ask our debaters a few questions. Big fans in the audience, AJ. Very good. Uh, hello. hello. <laughs> Welcome back to Sci-Fight. Thank you. Uh, uh, now, this you've done Sci-Fight in Melbourne. You've also done it in Canberra. Nice, nice of you to come out tonight, Danny. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, what, what's been your most memorable memory <laughs> from a sci-fi? Fuck me. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, everyone's a fucking it's a heckler lippy tonight. audience. <laughs> All right. Cool, 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 cool. Dope, 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 dope. Um, I guess being a three-time champion. 
right. sci-fi. Probably like a pretty pretty good memory. I was saying. Okay. You know. okay. Getting the energy for how tonight's going to yeah. go. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, we'll hand over to Kate. Kate, welcome back to Sci-Fi. Thank you. Two Sci-Fi's in a row. I know. I can't get enough. Did apparently. you bribe someone? No. I just like drugs. You just like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely valid. Uh, what is the coolest fact that you have learned lately? This is such a hard question because I learn so many cool facts so often. And I want to just say that drugs improve us and that's the coolest fact I've learned lately. But <laughs> no, the thing that comes to mind that I want to say is that the most deadly animal in Australia is um, horses. Horses. You wouldn't have picked it, right? It blew my mind. They've got good PR, don't like, they? Like Australia, everyone's like, deadly animals. Nah, horses, man. Watch out for them. All right. Well, with that in mind, everyone newly terrified about horses. Let's move on to Ben Russell. Welcome to Sci-Fi. Thank you so much for having me. Big um, woos. <laughs> beautiful. It's beautiful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's so welcome. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah, good. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful moment. I'll, I'll treasure that. Excuse me. Uh, if you could debate anyone in the world, who would you debate? Who would I debate? Yeah. <laughs> anyone in the world? Anyone in the world. Oof. Um... Probably, uh, <laughs> you've put me on the spot here and I like that, I appreciate that, it's a real I alpha asked, move. I uh, asked Ben if he wanted to know his question before, Anyone he's like, in improv the history. expert, oh, no, don't hit me with a oh, question. Oh, no big deal Ben, you just got to trawl through everyone in history. <laughs> don't even worry about it, you can get this. Uh, probably, um, uh, uh, why not, let's go for the, let's, I've got nothing so we'll go for Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. Because I don't agree with what he did. <laughs> I'm brave. I'm so brave. I'm so brave to have the guts to come out and say it. Look, I'm, I'm so glad finally someone said... <laughs> someone said it! Hitler, not such a good dude. <laughs> Could have changed history, Ben. Could have changed history. <laughs> We're going to throw to the negative team. Hello. Maybe start with Frida. How are you going? I'm good, Atlanta. Thanks for having me back. Lovely to have you. Uh, now, what did you do to prepare for tonight? Well, obviously, I snuck in and picked a jacket uh -huh. that made sure I would dominate both sides. <laughs> I dominate this side because of the very American contrast. I love and it. And you know America dominates the world. And then I dominate your side because, well, you know, so I'm just going to dominate. <laughs> also, I took drugs. And <laughs> they didn't improve me. Yeah, but you know that for sure now, so that's good. Um, Martin, we'll throw to you. Hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Sci-Fi. Great to have you. Oh, it's, it's good to be back. You, you all look like a very friendly crowd. <laughs> On that note, what's, what's your greatest fear about how tonight might go? I mean, we could all be killed. Um, I don't know, the building codes or, or something like that could go wrong, but... Uh... You know, so everything north of that is, that's just gravy. Tonight is a success if the ceiling doesn't collapse. All right, thank you for that new optimistic uh, take on it. Beck, hello, welcome hello. back to Sci-Fi. Hello. <laughs> um, what is your favourite activity to do stone cold sober? Oh, oh, just getting out there and living. Am I right? Life is the real drug. And it's so good right now in the world. Everyone's <laughs> having a great time, you know? Yep. <laughs> On the, uh, good, okay. 
all debaters accounted for. Excellent. All right. Uh, now, the rules. Everyone has more fun with rules, and these are them. Uh, tonight, the purpose of tonight's debate is to get the audience high on lofty prose and robust rebuttal rather than slander. This is a reminder to both teams not to defame the opposition. Now, we are here for a good time, not a long time. Each debater has eight minutes. If people go longer, I will start singing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And I only know some of the words. And it's the ones I've said already. And this won't stop me. Beatles fan in? I don't know. At the end of the debate, the audience will be called upon to make some noise, which they seem more than adequate. We are able to do for the winning team. My ears shall measure who the winning team is. The method, yes, it is unscientific. And no, I am not changing it. Uh, now our first speaker tonight is Arjun Chahal. <laughs> he has a PhD in cancer genetics and is the clinical trial coordinator at the Peter Mac Cancer Centre. This means you never know... <laughs> Are you booing cancer or, yes. or AJ? We're the negative team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, gave me a scare. Um, <laughs> you never know. Oh, this joke's not going to work now. I was going to say it anyway. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> this means you never know if uh, AJ is genuinely likes you or if he's using you as a control friend. Look, it really had to go <laughs> after me saying clinical control... Never mind. <laughs> when he is... <laughs> Such a nice audience. When he isn't getting beaten up for his lunch money or looking for his inhaler, you can usually find him grooming his beard while claiming that it just grows like that. <laughs> Currently has an impact factor of minus one. Make some noise for Arjun Jahal. Hello. Oh, it's good to see someone was less prepared than me tonight. Um, gentle people, distinguished guests, human gut, I mean negative team. Do drugs improve us? Really? Really, Atlanta, do you even stop and ever think about the demographic of people who come to this event? <laughs> In Melbourne's inner north, at a bar, on a school night? <laughs> Jesus! You must really fucking hate the negative team. <laughs> Not like that's hard to believe, though. I mean, have you, have you looked at them? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm sure they're even uglier on the inside. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Let's let this verbal snuff film begin. What is a drug? What is... Thank you. What is a drug? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines a drug as... Psych Webster's Dictionary? This isn't your grandma's debate. This is motherfucking sci-fi! Let's Urban Dictionary this bad boy. Come on, give me some shit. Who here can tell me what a drug is? Let's get some, let's get some answers. I knew I could depend on you, Will. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, this is the part where I wrote it beforehand, so pause for applause, etc. For the purposes of today's talk, I'm going to define drugs as anything you put into your body 
that provides no nutrition because that would be classed as food, but does produce a chemical or physiological response. Scholars are still debating where the inappropriately named share pack of 24 nuggets from Macca's sits in this discussion. <laughs> Common drugs you may have ingested on a regular basis include, but are not limited to, alcohol, caffeine, nicotine, and because we're over 30, paracetamol. <laughs> so, show of hands, who here has ever taken any drug before? Any drug whatsoever? Interesting. I can't really see anyone at all. I assume everyone's hands are up. Um, for those listening at home, pretty much every person in the room has their hand up. This isn't surprising, really. Um, question, anyone do anything fun in 2020? Yeah, me. <laughs> Yeah, me fucking neither. I didn't do shit in 2020. Bit of a shit one, wasn't it? But you know what made the end of lockdown possible? Vaccines. Uh, vaccines, which are a type of drug. Negative team, just so you're aware of that. Uh, Australia's willingness to embrace the COVID vaccine led to minimal fatalities and a reduction in the severity of COVID cases when we reopened, showing that drugs don't just improve us as individuals, but improve us as a society. Another place where drugs directly improve people is where I work, the Peter McCallum Cancer Centre. <laughs> I'm just doing my job. Uh, patients here are exposed to all different kinds of drugs. Drugs to attack their cancer, drugs to stimulate their body's own immune system, drugs to counteract their nausea, their fatigue, their higher likelihood of contracting diseases. New drugs, old drugs, red drugs, blue drugs. If it exists, we have it. And you know who administers these drugs? Nurses. Ha have we got any nurses in the house tonight? Yeah. The affirmative team respects and honours you as a healthcare heroes. Thank you. Speaking of things that we as a team respect, what about the role drugs play in a woman's right to choose and gender equality? The sexual revolution of the 60s was only possible through increased access to the oral contraceptive drug, which not only allowed women the simple pleasure of sex without the threat of the most horrible of STDs, <laughs> pregnancy, but also empowered women to wrest back control of their own lives. With the aid of oral contraceptives and abortions, women were able to time pregnancies or get rid of them entirely, allowing them to pursue further education, focus on their career, or maintain their family at the size that they actually wanted. Nature may be inherently sexist, but with drugs we can tip the scales of equality back to equilibrium. Drugs. Once again, improving us. Negative team, did you need me to take a break so you can hang a shit on Jane Rowe's grave? Um, maybe you're late for the foursome you've arranged with Clarence Thomas. Um, make sure you bring your handmaid's gowns. Okay, okay, okay. Question time again. Has anyone here taken drugs recreationally? Hands up. Yep. Ah. Wow, interesting. Again, for those listening at home, a lot of hands up. Uh, everyone I know in a professional capacity appears to be sitting on their hands. No judgments. I always knew I was the coolest one there. Uh, also, if my mum is listening, my hand is like so fucking low right now. Subterranean. So what does this prove? Nothing really. I was just trying to see who I could buy a few bags off later tonight. <laughs> Again, mum, I am kidding. <laughs> Probably like one bag. I've heard through my friends who you don't know because they go to a different school that bags are very expensive. Um, 
But this debate isn't about whether people like drugs or indulge in drugs. The point is drugs improve us. What I can say is that I find it hard to believe that a crowd this beautiful, <laughs> this intelligent, with such great personalities, would do something that they didn't believe improves them, whether that be mentally, physically, or emotionally. Even the purported downsides of drugs improve us. I like to think of a three-day come down as the universe's own version of Couch to 5K, preparing you for the marathon <laughs> of existential dread that is working at a cubicle farm for another 30 years until you fucking die. <laughs> Just like F45, really. Um, God gives his hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. Hell, even drugs that are used for unequivocally evil purposes were created with the best of intentions. Um, this part doesn't really flow, but I'm just going to say it anyway because I have some inside information. Some people see drugs as an elitist tool. Expensive drugs like cocaine are available to the relatively rich and therefore glamorous, while meth or ice are cheap and accessible to the poor, meaning people who buy them are desperate. Sure, someone who is struggling to afford housing will not be able to afford Class A drugs, but both ends of the socioeconomic spectrum are doing drugs for the same reason an escape from reality. Misidentifying drugs as an indicator of class issues is a problem of the society we live in and not of the drugs themselves. For example, and thanks for bringing this up earlier, uh, Ben, Nazis were big into meth. And to be fair, meth did make them really good at being grade-A cunts. <laughs> which is what it was designed to do. So I guess it did improve them. Um, However, taking meth all the time means it's a slippery slope from a jaunt through Austria to international war crimes at the heart. <laughs> like that one friend who takes it way too far at a Bucks party, always says, I don't have a drug problem, drugs have a me problem. <laughs> drugs do improve us. We run into issues when we misuse or mischaracterise them. Everything in moderation. And there is so much evidence to suggest that drugs played a crucial role in our improvement, namely our evolution into homo sapiens. The stoned ape theory suggests changes in climate forced early human ancestors um, out of the forest and onto the plains, where they would have eaten mushrooms that grew out of cow dung. Psilocybin, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, could have allowed it uh, for better visual acuity, heightened empathy, and stronger bonding between our ancestors, with some postulating that a crude but novel spoken language could have also arisen at this point in time. Anyone who has spent time in line for the bathroom at Revs or in the smokers area at Glamorama will be able to corroborate these facts. <laughs> these factors imbued our common ancestors with an evolutionary benefit that allowed them to become the dominant species. More recent research has indicated that psilocybin has the ability to promote remodeling of the brain's architecture and increase neuroplasticity. However, the research is only in its infancy and the reasons for that will be explained by Kate. Spoiler alert, cis white men had something to do with it. What a surprise. <laughs> Think about a world without drugs. No LSD, no Beatles classics. No marijuana, no Bob Marley. No mushrooms, no Picasso. The loss of these cultural icons generates reams of questions. What is the role of art in our lives? Is a life without art a life worth living? How would young men get laid without having bad posters up in their room as a substitute for a personality? <laughs> How would have anyone learnt about Jungian theory or the Fibonacci sequence without that guy in high school who loves Tool? A veritable library of Alexandria, lost to us once more. If my arguments have not convinced you that drugs improve us, I will leave you with one last story. A few weeks ago, my partner and I had to put down our 20-year-old cat, Tash. Yeah, fucking sad, right? Drugs help prevent further damage to Tasha's organs, 
Drugs numbed her pain, and drugs allowed her to be euthanized, safe and at home with the people she loved. If the other team wants to make light of a grieving man and his dead cat, <laughs> well, that is a real fucking asshole move. For shame, you misogynist anti-vaxxers. For shame! Thank you. We are 10 minutes into the debate and we have evoked Godwin's law twice, Hitler. Normally it's the second half. Anyway, uh, in scientific breakthroughs this week that absolutely no one was asking for, a bunch of mechanical engineers at Rice University in Texas have found a way to turn dead spiders into robots. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the re research has added a third horrifying category to the type of spiders you might encounter from simply including live spider, dead spider, to now including undead spider, which possesses all of the living spider's terrifying mobility and none of the spider's social niceties. Using hydraulics to make the spider's legs open and close, the engineers explain that the technology could be used to enable to pick up things that you might not want to touch. For example, another dead spider. <laughs> the engineers have dubbed their new field of research necrobotics. <laughs> and everyone wishes they hadn't. They point out that the great advantage of using spiders as little robots is that they're biodegradable. And it is true, The Terminator would have been a much more relaxing film if the T-1000 simply could have been separated from the plastics and put in a green bin. Naturally, the question arises, what else can scientists bring back from the dead people, Arjun's cat... Jordan Peterson's Twitter account. I don't know, I'm just putting ideas out there. They were too busy asking if they could to ask if they should. Our next first... The first speaker for the negative asks no one for permission. Frida Werdiger has a PhD in physics but is now trying to replace burnt-out neurologists with intelligent algorithms. <laughs> At least it's not dead spiders. <laughs> she is morally depraved. That's her words, not mine. <laughs> She has sold her soul to medical research in exchange for the small income and persistent feelings of inadequacy. She boosts her morale by playing piano and crushing opponents in sci-fi debates. Please make some noise for Frida Werdiger! Oh my God, what would we do without Picasso? Oh my God. So I do this... This is just the satisfaction of being able to stand up, do my jacket buttons up, which I don't get to do as a scientist. <laughs> it's the only reason I do this. Okay. Um, <laughs> thanks, Arjun. Atlanta asked me to do this, and I offered to do the rebuttal because I'm not lazy. <laughs> Um, I left on a trip across a few countries and masticated on the idea. How to make it entertaining. 
I could, like Arjun, get up here and rattle off a lot of scientific facts, more than him, but <laughs> I'm here to entertain. It's not that interesting standing here and telling everybody why drugs are a bad idea. I don't want to sound like my dad, who told me to go and get some fresh air when I had period pains. I thought about putting my hair up and sort of acting like a sexy matron, but that, that wouldn't translate on the podcast and I can't do a bun. But um, anyway, it was only after Berlin did I realise that when the drugs wear off, he's still the same piece of shit. <laughs> anyway, let's look at the credentials of my colleagues on the opposing side. Arjun looks at cancer in fruit flies. Who cares if a fruit fly has cancer? <laughs> She's got you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Someone think about the fruit flies. Kate, I'm, not sh I'm sure some of the audience thought, ha, 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 an addiction specialist working for the affirmative. How amusing, they'll be in a bind, but really, it's the addiction specialists that use their expert knowledge to help the people become more addicted. <laughs> you think Purdue Pharma got its wealth by accident? Somebody helped them. <laughs> I had neck pain once. I got about 40 Mobic. I still have most of them, that shit is crazy. <laughs> One pill should never be able to do that much, and I absolutely needed some fresh air, Dad. So I'm not surprised, and shame on you, I'm sure your next job will be for TikTok. <laughs> hurting the tweens. And last of all, it's the Ben Russell page. I'm you not a fan... Did you up on Facebook? <laughs> I'm not a fan of people that put the in front of their names, but as a rule... Boomer alert. <laughs> Wait, that is the third time you have mentioned your age. I mentioned your age. <laughs> yeah, but I know your age. <laughs> okay, drugs, 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 drugs. Okay, we can talk about medicines and we can talk about self-medicines. Arjun talked about how wonderful medicines are, but I'll put that to rest here and now and say that even when the drugs cure disease, have they indeed improved their person? <laughs> Only somebody as sick as a surgeon would look at a human being as nothing more than their physiology. Patch Adams said it best. <laughs> Treat the person, not the disease. Clown doctors improve the person. <laughs> if this debate was called Clown Doctors Improve Us, then it would be a resounding yes. But before you and the opposing side start to shit on cloud doctors, which would be completely evil. <laughs> the movie Patch Adams did not accurately represent cloud doctors or Patch Adams. Okay. Where was I? Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm stuck on semantics, maybe, but I care about precision. And here's another thing. I'm here with the authority to tell you that proving that anything 
improves anything is really fucking hard. <laughs> Proving anything is very, very hard. The last proof I did was in the algebra and number theory course I did for fun in my undergraduate degree. And I called my proof Frida's Little Theorem. And I showed that there were an infinite number of Pythagorean triples where one of the triples and another one of the triples differed by one. <laughs> Try it, it is fun. By the way, Pythagorean triples as like the right-hand triangle as the a squared plus the b squared equals c squared. And if you did that proof, that is also fun doing that proof because it gives you a bit of a break. Um, you can feel certain about that and it gives you a break from being expected to act certain about things that you're not certain about. But who cares about that? Because the only things that are easy to prove are shit that nobody cares about. The only people that have absolute certainty about the things you care about are Consp conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy theorists are completely certain. Seriously, go to Byron. And speaking of that, go to Nimbin. Drugs did not improve them. And also, did you know that cannabis can do everything, you know, like cures everything, can do everything. Cannabis just cures everything. I have to actually vent about something for a second because there are a lot of startups right now claiming that they grow things and make things that are going to improve us, which is not much better than my child who thinks that the better the PowerPoint transition is, the more weight it gives to the facts. <laughs> fruit flies. Fruit flies. It's not even easy to show that drugs improve a fruit fly. Firstly, de define improve, you know, right? Define improve. I mean, did the fruit fly resume its banking, driving and shopping? Also, what's with the banking? I mean, who goes to the banks these days apart from really old fruit flies? <laughs> Welcome to the world of outcome metrics. First, you make them up. And then you use them to show that drugs improve us. And then you try to get it past peer review and they rightfully say, what the fuck? And then you fall into a drug-filled stupor to avoid responding to their comments and then you realise the drugs haven't improved you or your work. But Frida, you're all thinking the topic isn't drugs improve, improve fruit flies. No one cares about fruit flies. And you would be right, nobody cares about fruit flies. <laughs> It's drugs improve us, us Melbourne people, right? But speaking as someone who's had the absolute perspective of seeing both rodents and humans on ketamine, <laughs> does it improve the mouse? No, I realise standing over the mouse panicking in a plastic bowl that looks like the kind of bowl my mum uses to microwave custard. It improves the mouse's feelings about its situation. So are they improving you or are they improving Amel and the Snippers? Are they... Are they improving you or are they improving Splendour in the Grass? Right? Are they improving you or are they improving the long walk back across the River Spree? Well, from the back. <laughs> well, if the pro withdrawal team wants to convince us that a temporary altered state is improvement, fine. If improving my feelings about drum and bass is improving me, 
Fine. But it is only us that the drugs improve. Us people who want to do who want to spend four extra hours with one foot on each beat. And yes, Arjun already wants you to say, fuck the poor, they want you to say. Fuck the poor, the opposing side wants you to think. They can have the shit drugs. They, the poor, the vulnerable. But you know what who you forgot about? You forgot to mention all the people uh, coming across the US-Mexico border so that the Mayan warrior gets a new laser so you can find it across the desert mushrooms. It's sobering. I know this was a, a comedy night. <laughs> but Nazis... <laughs> Nazis, as Arjun Goy explained earlier, they thought that drugs... And speaking of which, the biggest act of mansplaining in history, Arjun, who's never been on the pill, if you don't want to have babies, if you want contraception, get a vasectomy. <laughs> that, Never been on the pill. I don't think See? a vasectomy will stop me getting pregnant, though. <laughs> but that's cool, don't worry. Aren't you a... Pr- also, that's not mansplaining. Mansplaining is when... Shh. As I was saying, uh, the contraceptive pill, as someone who's been on it, um, did it improve me? Let's have a show of hands, ladies. Did it improve you? No. <laughs> Nazis thought the drugs improved them. On the other hand, the drugs, they dull our minds that we can't tell that the new world order is taking over. <laughs> I'm completely certain of this and there's no point in debating me. You all know there's no point in debating me. So it's time to wrap it up. In conclusion, clown doctors are much better than drugs. You can't prove anything. The other team is classist and nobody gives a fuck about fruit flies. Frida Wadiga! It's just going to be a Nazi sort of night, isn't it? It's just a point in an adjudicator's life you just have to accept. It's it's Nazis all the way down. Uh, In more science news this week, evolutionary biologists have discovered that humans started drinking cow's milk a mere 6,000 years before they had the enzymes to digest the cow's milk. (laughs) That is 6,000 years of gut cramps, burping and farting all around your family. That's great. That's 6,000 years of looking at a cow's udder and saying to ourselves, maybe this time it'll be different. <laughs> like, to be fair, in a world of slightly off goat meat, questionable seafood, mushrooms that all look the same, it is probably never was quite clear exactly what was giving you the shits really does demonstrate, though, that our bodies are capable of evolving just pretty much anything if we are committed to just putting in a few millennia worth of effort. (laughs) I personally hope to be among the first to fully unlock the nutritional values of microplastics. (laughs) 
Our next debater is a queer Melbourne-based masochist trainly, uh, currently trying out a PhD in neuroscience, which is a phase all of us go through at some point <laughs> or other. Kate's research is looking at what the brain does during addiction. Kate is also an avid science communicator, hosting both a regular science comedy podcast, Curiosity Killed the Rat, and the science radio show, Radio Silence. Please welcome Kate Huckstep. Right, well, first of all, I'm not actually figuring out how to make people more addicted to drugs. Like, you realise that, right? Like, that's not actually my research. We're actually looking at how to, like, treat addiction to drugs. And I just want to, like, point out that the way that we treat addiction is actually with other drugs. Like, <laughs> medications like naltrexone, like the opioid crisis, you know, with, with more drugs, right? And I'll, I'll get into that a bit soon. And, but, you know, psychedelics, really promising in terms of treating addiction. And also, also, if we don't want to talk about treating addiction with drugs necessarily, talk about things like AA 12-step programs. Yeah, hold tight. I've got a fun story about that soon too. Um, but also, I don't know. I just heard so much of that talk was just you conceding that drugs do improve us. But then... Well, like, I just, I'm confused about whose team you're on, that's all. I just, I don't, I don't really know. Like, do drugs improve us or do they just improve our experience of the world? Sorry, but, like, what are we but our experience of the world, right? Like, is that not all that matters? Like, how we experience this hallucination that we're all living in together anyway? Or are you just, like, some boomer capitalist that only cares about productivity? <laughs> I don't know. Like, all I'm saying is, nah, nah, anyway. So moving on from that train wreck, let's talk about some actual science, right? Like physics, Pythagoras, what? This is, no. So, in my mind, right, the very obvious winning argument here is that drugs, as Arjun pointed out, include life-saving medications, right? And like, it's hard to dispute that someone with cancer or heart disease is vastly improved by their cancer or heart disease medication. Vaccines, fantastic point. But like, also, we've heard that and that's too easy. And that's boring. Like, those aren't the drugs you guys came here to hear about, right? <laughs> I know you. That, like, you know, you want to hear about the illegal drugs. So, let's do it, okay? Let's talk about psychedelics. They're fun. You know, acid, shrooms, ecstasy. Yeah, these also all improve us. And you know what? This, this here is called sci-fi, right? Because we trust science. We trust scientists. So let me tell you a little story. It's 1943. We're in Switzerland. Chemist Albert Hoffman is working away in his synthetic chemistry lab, searching for a drug essentially to help stimulate blood circulation, which once again, how good are medically necessary drugs? We love that. They improve us. But don't worry, this story gets more fun because the compound that old mate Hoffman actually synthesizes is just a little something called lysergic acid... Acid? That's not a word. Lysergic acid diethylamide, which, like more commonly known as LSD. And, you know, some of you may have noticed that those words don't actually make the acronym LSD. And if I said it in German, it would, but, like, considering I messed up the English, I'm not even going to... I'm not even... <laughs> I'm not going to put you through that. Point is, he accidentally made LSD. So one day, you know, you've got old mate Hoffman and he's pottering away, he synthesized... Well, he didn't accidentally make LSD. He accidentally made this compound and he notices one day that he's feeling a little bit 
just a little bit dizzy, and he kind of speculates. Maybe he's inhaled some solvents, some vapors or something. So he goes to lie down in a dark and quiet room, expecting to maybe develop some flu-like symptoms, get sick, you know. That is not what happens. Um, no. Instead, and these, these are his words, because he actually released a memoir. So I've got a bunch of direct quotes. Um, and he sank into a not unpleasant, intoxicated-like condition, characterized by an extremely stimulated imagination, i.e., he had a good time. <laughs> so then he reported it to his supervisors, as he should, et cetera, et cetera. And then, then, three days later, he decides, let's do that again. <laughs> so he goes and he synthesizes a fresh new batch, not really knowing what dose to go with, just kind of like, and you know, for context, right, the standard dosage for an LSD trip in an average sized human being has been figured out now and it's about 75 milligrams, uh, sorry, micrograms. Uh, but old mate Hoffman does not know that. No, my, yeah, no, don't take, oh gosh, don't take 75 milligrams, you will die. No, no, no. But Hoffman doesn't know that. And so at 4.20 p.m., yeah, I'm not making this up, um, on the 19th of April, 1943, he takes 250 micrograms of this freshly synthesized LSD for science, of course, right? So he can record the whole thing and expand human knowledge, mad respect. Good on him. Um, and I will acknowledge not, not the entirety of his experience was enjoyable, including the part where he decides to ride his bicycle home. Not walk, not stay in the... Anyway, that's fine. Um, but one particular quote that he said, he was like, I became aware of the wonder of creation, the magnificence of nature. And I'll also note that, yes, very sensibly, he had a doctor present during this whole thing, right? And the doctor notes that despite some times of some, like, very anxious mood, the doctor could find absolutely nothing physically wrong with Hoffman. Chill heart rate, all of that. So despite this initial massive dose overshoot, Hoffman goes on and does and records his experience of LSD three more times in the year 1943 alone, playing around with different doses and stuff. He then went on to spend the rest of his life strongly advocating for LSD, psychedelics. He opened up a whole new door, actually several doorways of research, right? First, with scientists finally under, able to understand and research human consciousness in a way that we just, we have never been able to do before, which is whack. But secondly, drugs like LSD, psilocybin, so, you know, magic mushrooms, DMT, MDMA, ecstasy, right? These are now being used as medical treatments. And in just the last few years, we've had so many really cool promising studies, studies in both rodents and humans that have found just a few doses of these traditionally taboo, stigmatized drugs like LSD, MDMA, psilocybin. They can enhance therapy and they can help people break out of even the most treatment resistant depression, PTSD, and even recover from addiction, which on the note of addiction, Bill Wilson, one of the founding members of AA, um, he was a very big fan of LSD, and he actually felt that it helped facilitate the very essential spiritual component of 12-step programs. So there's that. Um, AA likes to ignore that fact, but I, I'm not going to ignore that fact because drugs improve us. Um, and in fact, MDMA has been so effective in PTSD trials that it has recently been designated as a breakthrough therapy by the FDA. And, you know, coincidentally, just earlier today, I was injecting some traumatized and alcohol-addicted rats with MDMA. Um, I, cool story about the ketamine, but have you ever seen a normally feisty and anxious rat pinging? Trust me, it improves them. My and name is Ben. I am not a rat. <laughs> no, these, these, these were real rats. I had ethics to do this, and I didn't just do it for fun, right? Because I did it because we're testing our lab's pilot model of 
PTSD and alcohol use disorder. And this research is just so new and so exciting and there is no denying that these drugs have the capacity to improve the lives of just so many people. And if the opposition just doesn't agree with that, then quite frankly, they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curing the rat so that I can cure humans. I'm very comfortable. Yeah. It's all ethics approved. It's yeah, fine. Give me meals. Give me watered. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, good? I'm yeah, fine. see, we're good. We're good. Um, and so, you know, you might find yourself wondering why this research is only... Like, why am I the one injecting rats if old mate Hoffman discovered LSD back in, like, 43, right? If these drugs really do improve us as much as these recent studies are suggesting, then, like... Why haven't these therapies? Like, why aren't they up and running everywhere? Why are these drugs still illegal? Well, let me tell you, as it was alluded to, the legality of drugs and the ability to do research with them is not based on science. It is based on politics. So to make what could easily be a very long rant short, from, you know, the 60s onwards, LSD and other psychedelic substances were banned and all the promising labs and research got shut down and we lost a good half a century of promising research. And this was essentially due to old mate flippin' Nixon and his war on drugs. And I could rant to you for far more time than I have about how this war disproportionately targeted people of colour and people in political opposition to the government at the time. And I could rant about how, essentially, the hippies who were using LSD recreationally were also the people protesting the Vietnam War, and it was just like a very big strategic power play politically that resulted in banning a substance that had shown so much promise medically and actually very little harm recreationally, but I'm also going to leave more of that rant up to uh, Ben. To <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, it's fun. And I also, I just also want to point out that we know from several big drum, drug harm analysis studies that, you know, they look at every recreational drug you can think of, like crystal meth, all of it, and they've found that when it comes to both the categories of harm to self and harm to others, the drug that comes out on top is alcohol. Yeah, that's right, the one that is legal, freely available, the one that most of you are drinking right now, right? And that you're celebrating because of the ways that it makes you better, bolder, more relaxed, more fun. All of that, the legality of a substance is not based around its science and its harms. So, in conclusion, drugs improve us, right? They improve the lives of those who medically need them, and I'm sure, as a bunch of you sitting there, Smashing your beers to get through this speech can attest. They improve the lives of those who use them recreationally, too. I hope that your drug improved my speech. Drugs improve us. Thank you. Hey, hot stuff! All right, you've been an absolutely lovely audience, and as a result of that, we'll have an intermission. Drink and be merry. I am terribly sorry to interrupt. Um, should, should we have another uh, bit of debate? <laughs> I genuinely hate interrupting people, which means that MC is really not the vacation for me. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sorry, we're a bit late. I had to break up an argument backstage about whether first, second or third was the better debating position. 
a genuine discussion that was taking place about primary school debating. <laughs> Only the best for you, kind Brunswick audience. Uh, we're going we're gonna to launch straight back into it with our second negative debater. Martin Dunlop is a comedy writer in the way that an angry letter writer to the Herald Sun is a published author. He's been doing comedy in one form or another since 2009, including festival shows, stand-up, a real rough Channel 31 show, except for the last three years where he hid in a basement and tried to wait out the end of the world, emerging once the liquor ran out and attempting at fermenting the furniture sent him blind for a week. Please clap for him. He's very scared. Martin Dunlop! Mark me and listen, you grub-sick worms crawling blind beneath a, <laughs> beneath a living sky. Welcome! <laughs> Please forgive me, I had written good evening, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm trying to be more inclusive. <laughs> Pay no heed to this cabal of liars and bastards arranged against us. Argent Jahal over here, the cancer geneticist stunning the humble fruit fly, or a modern-day Renfield in service, collecting insects in service to his true master, Dracula. <laughs> Kate Huckstep, a student of neuroscience who longs to probe their long, thin, iniquitous fingers into every nook and crevice of our thoughts and dreams. And Benjamin Russell, self-described comedian. Get my name out of your mouth. <laughs> you never ever notice how usually when someone's funny, they don't have to tell you that they're funny. <laughs> I didn't like that one. That felt kind of mean, so I will briefly break character to explain that was... You're finished. That was... <laughs> It's definitely written about me. I've done eight financially unviable festival shows. <laughs> Ben's doing fine. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> pay, no to, pay no heed to this cabal of liars and bastards. Their noise is as a tramp with his leg caught between the railway carriage and the platform. And as with the tramp, I will offer them no assistance. <laughs> These fuckers would have you believe, starting with Arjun, that a drug is anything that you put into your body with no nutritional value. Really? Then explain why I've been living on gin since Christmas. <laughs> I'm not well, but I'm nutrient-intitated. <laughs> Arjun ridiculously thanked the pill for the sexual revolution. If that's so great, why can't I get any? Arjun argued that drugs played a crucial role in our evolution, therefore they improve us. Were we not happier, rotting in filth, gorging ourselves on waste, or back when we were monkeys? <laughs> Moving on to Kate. Kate admitted to treating drug addiction with more drugs, the Pablo Escobar of Ward H. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have as many rebuttals for Kate's argument. Uh, they were discussing their experience of psychedelics, so like every party I've ever been to, I tuned out. 
I don't need to hear about your DMT. Kate was a big spruker of these psychedelics, implying that these chemicals unlock the wonder and knowledge that lurk within our psychosis. Kate, do you have any concept of the burning, carbonized wasteland that lurks beneath my psychosis? Leave it where it fucking is. And finally... They put, really put the stake through this vampire of an evening by criticizing Nixon. I won't hear a word said against that <laughs> prince of men. <clears throat> Salvador Dali famously said, I don't take drugs, I am drugs. <laughs> Refined black tar heroin, neck to knee, molded into the shape of a Spanish surrealist artist. And if I'm not delivered by the, to the Lisbon docks by midnight to be melted down into five kilo bags, Capricola Tony will see us all swinging the delicatessen. <laughs> He'd eaten some bad paella and wasn't well, and is irrelevant to my argument. <laughs> we see the use of drugs throughout our society for recreational purposes, as when I returned from an evening at the symphony to find my housemate rolling on Molly on my mid-century couch, furiously making a beast of one back to, with himself in the living room. <laughs> we see the use of drugs in society for medicinal purposes, best illustrated by Howard Florey's statement upon the discovery of penicillin, hooray, at last my syphilis will carry less consequence. And we sometimes see the use of drugs for both recreational and medicinal purposes, as was the case with my own ruinous addiction to chemotherapy drugs. <laughs> to quote my own Facebook post from 2012, if I'm not losing teeth and shitting green, is it even a Saturday night? <laughs> uh, on the note of drugs used for recreational and for medicinal purposes, I understand they're attempting to treat depression with ketamine these days, because who here amongst us has not been in the middle of a depressive episode and thought, oh God, I wish this was going more slowly. <laughs> Drugs do not improve us, because they cannot improve us. Any attempt to improve humanity is putting a $5,000 spoiler on a 1984 Corona that is poorly maintained, badly used, upside down, and burning. <laughs> humanity is weak, wicked, and cruel. Look no further than one of the great crimes of the 20th century. That TV show version of Clueless where they couldn't get Alicia Silverstone back. Wallace Shawn was a regular, they had Turk from Scrubs. The ingredients were there, but the dish was inedible. <laughs> and yet we just stood by and let it happen. For three whole seasons. 62 episodes. And history is rife with such examples. The sacking of Rome, that Super Mario Brothers movie. The burning of Alexandria, that Spice Girls album after Jerry left. The Crusades. Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. <laughs> I concur. Drugs cannot improve us. They may make us live longer, alter our mood, expand our minds, cure our ills, but the carapace is the same. 
The human animal cannot be improved. They can only be conquered, brutalized, subjugated, and sometimes on a lonely Saturday night, scored to the rafters on cancer medication in the midst of a failing comedy career, loved! <laughs> human animal cannot be improved, I confess. But it can be changed. Yes, I am once again talking about human animal vivisection. The surgical combination of human and animal. Beast and man. Monkey and Michael. Now, as those of you who will have seen me handing out pamphlets outside Flinders Street Station, that banner I stretched across Parliament House, and that time I interrupted the final episode of MasterChef dressed as a zebra, I have long been an advocate for the surgical melding of mankind with our companions in the kingdom. Making us faster, taller, egg-laying. Imagine the, the legs of an elephant, the sternum of a crocodile, the genitals of whichever animal you so choose. And I understand that our opposition will be quick to leap on this and explain how is this world I'm describing possible without painkillers or antibiotics. And to them I say, let the horrific scarring pain and massive reinfection be the grit around which this pearl of a new world is formed. Let the dawn break over a new age, a new animal, furrier, longer, more legged, but above all, drug free. <laughs> Who's with me? Thank you, everybody. Good night. There are no words. It just aren't. So we're going to move to our third speaker for the affirmative. Uh, our comedian, actor, improv artist, gamer and writer. It would be hyperbolic of me to say that Ben's talents know no bounds. So I will say that Ben's talents only know some bounds. And only distantly, like they met at a party once but haven't kept in touch during the pandemic. Uh, his, his debut solo show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, The Tokyo Hotel, was nominated for Best Independent Show and went on national tour and to the Edinburgh Fringe and got turned into a radio play. And his latest venture is Time to Die, the unfunniest podcast you'll ever subscribe to, where brilliant comedians write three minutes of the worst stand-up you can imagine. Please make Ben Russell welcome. Thank you, Miss Speaker. Um, no, sorry, I just wanted to say that. That's it. Uh, like I was one of them politicians. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, God bless us all. Um, now, uh, my name is Ben, and um, I just want to... Uh, are there any cops here? Because I love drugs. I love them. I do. Okay? 
I love getting up in the morning. I love waking and baking on a Sunday arvo. <laughs> I love microdosing mushrooms, home alone. I love macrodosing mushrooms <laughs> and spending the afternoon listening to music and connecting with my sausage dog on a spiritual level. <laughs> I love acid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I love accidentally taking it at seven o'clock at night and knowing that I will never sleep ever again. Don't like MD. Nah, I turn into Robert De Niro. I just sit on a couch and go. Where's Ben? There is no Ben. It's just Robert De Niro. <laughs> Bobby D to my friends. And I, um, I mean, I, don't, I still don't really see the point of it, but I do enjoy Coke because I like to pretend like I'm rich. Um, <laughs> now, <sighs> Team Pete Evans. They've said some things. Bone broth is delicious <laughs> and children are fine. They're the type of people that'll walk into a room full of children that are in a hypoglycemic coma and go, yeah, but they're probably cunts anyway. <laughs> Honestly, <Yeah>. it, <laughs> it looks like a Republican primary over there, am I right? There's, a, there's two women. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Nothing better than being told drugs don't improve us by the whole reason why we have a lithium shortage. <laughs> it's not the batteries, it's these cunts. <laughs> Between the negative team and uh, the positive team, uh, all the betas are being blocked. It's only Giga Chad Alphas from here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, after I come up, Beck's going to come up and she's going to say, Ben once, you know, gave me this brownie and said it was going to be fine and it wasn't and I freaked out. <laughs> and that is true. She did freak out. But she came back for more. She's like, you got any more of that brownie? So, you're welcome. Um, I'm also an enabler. Uh, <laughs> now, drugs are... My, my teammates have argued that drugs are, drugs are everywhere, you know? From the fluoride in the water that keeps you shopping. <laughs> to the chemtrails in the air that keeps you shopping. You can't get away from them. They're everywhere. But I mainly want to talk about the fun ones. Um, I, I, actually, I was recently uh, diagnosed with adult ADHD. Um, thank you. What are you doing? <laughs> and they said, Dexies? I'm on Vivance. I'm on the, I'm on the thinking man's Dexies, the Vivance. <laughs> Yeah, you know, whatever. Um, 
And they say that when you uh, get diagnosed and you start taking Vyvanse, so you do mourn for the person that you, you could have been had you been diagnosed earlier. And for me, I was just mourning uh, my bloody wallet because I could have been selling those bad boys at $5 a pop. <laughs> I'm not... 10 bucks now? Inflation. It's hitting us hard. <laughs> when will it end? <laughs> I mean, think about a world without drugs. What are we going to do? Go back to bleedings? Go back to throwing these virgins into peat bogs? <laughs> it's not going to improve the harvest, you dogs. <laughs> what about music? Jazz. Some of my favourite jazz musicians absolutely loved drugs. They really did. Then you go jazz, you go funk, you go funk, you go disco, you go disco, EDM, you go house music. What are we going to take drugs to if we, we don't have drugs to make ha house music? Fucking flipping me out, man. Without drugs, what can I take drugs to? <laughs> Comedy. Say goodbye to all your favourite comedians. It'll just be a bunch of clean living comedians like Dave Hughes. It'll just be all Dave Hughes. Dave Hughes will have a radio show with Dave Hughes and they'll be like, bloody hell, it's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, bloody is, isn't it? Uh, it's bloody ridiculous. Uh. Say goodbye to bloody Will Anderson. Fucking listen to his podcast. Um, he, taught, he loves them. Uh, and so do I. And most comedians that you know and love. Um, music festivals, or as I like to call them, baby's first refugee camp. <laughs> Sports, Olympics. Someone think about the Russian Olympic team for once. Cycling. I mean, who's, who's watching cycling without the drugs? Will there even be anyone to cycle? Who, who wants to do the Tour de France that isn't already on drugs? <laughs> Essendon Football Club? <laughs> All the... A thing of the past. And can someone think about the dicks? No more hard dicks. <laughs> They're all gone. Okay? And yes, there are some young people in here, but the moment you turn 30, it's all over. <laughs> what? How old am I? Why? <laughs> During the break, some guy comes up to me and slurs and goes, they're gonna nail you on the alcohol, mate. And I said, uh, I was like, no, you're going to nail us on the alcohol. Get out of here. Someone's going to see you. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, I mean, hell, drugs are the only thing that's kept the last two presidents of the United States on, on going. Um, taboo drugs, they're actually, they're actually good. That uh, my, my other esteemed team member said... Um, the only reason why weed is illegal is because we needed an excuse back in the 70s to arrest people of colour. Um, and, and if you talk to my Texan hippie dad, it's because of the DuPonts and Big Cotton. Okay, uh, too, too real. It's true, though. <laughs> the reason cannabis is illegal is because they wanted to arrest the Hispanics and the blacks. That's... 
That's it. Okay, not funny. Um, <laughs> in the war on drugs, I, I recently... Now, I'm not a smart man, okay? But I do watch Vice. <laughs> okay? And that's... Pr- Vice is cool. <laughs> you know? Like, I recently watched a story that was like, is the government a loose unit? <laughs> Turns out, yeah, nah. But there was some person uh, that wearing nice sneakers telling me that, uh, that you know, the, the, dis- the production wing of cocaine, actually quite peaceful. You know, you sit, you sit in, the, in the wilderness, you know, so no one can see you, and you use toxic chemicals and you dump them in the, in the wilderness and then, and then you've got your coca plant. Uh, you use gasoline and all that, all sort of fucked up shit. And then the only reason why it's violent is because of the distribution, you know, and that's... I was like, man, I fucking love Vice. <laughs> Trying to make me feel better about doing a bag. <laughs> yeah, this, this bag doesn't have a bunch of blood on its hands. Um, it's fine. Um, anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, the young liberals found that funny. Um, <laughs> It's a, it's a really, really all I have to say. Um, I've scrawled a bunch of stuff, but my ADHD is kicking in, and <laughs> it's all, it's all gone downhill from now on. But no, seriously, come on. <laughs> seriously, drugs don't. Imp- yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think I actually made some great points. <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah, no, okay, I'll finish it. This is actually my finish. It's on the... It's it's funny that I thought that I would actually go... Oh, yes. Um, And that's hope. I read on the the CIC website that uh, the people going through all our piss... There's people going through all of our piss. By the way, they're going through all of it. I don't know if it's business or pleasure, but they're doing it. Okay, they said that Australians spent an estimated $10.3 billion on drugs in 2021. But they did say that 70% of that was meth. So I assume uh, from that logic, that's just Perth. (laughs) Um, But think about that, that's $10.3 billion going into the economy. Yeah, it's the black market, but the mafia needs to have lunch. And they got to get the gabagool somewhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> Drugs are good. Take them. <laughs> Thank you. Ben Russell! Are we ready for our final debater for the evening? <laughs> good, because that's what we have planned. Um, our final and third speaker for the negative is Beck Petratus. Uh, Beck is an award-winning writer and performer, the founder of the production house Stupid Old Studios, an accomplished digital content lead, a true crime podcast audio engineer, producer of the cult hit YouTube show, and an accidental pro gamer. So that's cool. 
Uh, most recently, uh, Beck has written for Get Kraken and Sean McAuliffe's Mad as Hell. She's got a lot going on, so be gentle with her. Beck betrayed us! Yeah, thanks for that, um, Ben. Thanks for that intro. Um, hello, my name is Beck Petratus and I'm the third speaker of the negative team here to confirm the absolute truth that drugs do not improve us. But before I begin, let's rebut a few of the things the opposing team, who love drugs, they just love them, they just want you to believe this, are you starting to think they work for Big Pharma? <laughs> mm, uh, first off, Arjun, now, who by day, look, does clinical... Cancer trials, that's, that's, that's good, but is, but is it suspiciously good, you know? <laughs> and then Kate, who would want you to believe that all drugs make you into some sort of perfect Timothy Chalamet-esque mega-being. In 2020, Kate worked on a research paper studying the impacts of alcohol consumption and seeking in rats, and that research paper concluded collectively our data highlighted alcohol-induced chlorogenic dysregulation in the V-sub and distinct roles for M4 and M5 receptor allocyclic modulators to reduce alcohol consumption or seeking. And there is no You know no how we drug. found that? We found that by giving them drugs that fixed it. Thanks. <laughs> if you'd actually read the paper... So, wait, just... the drugs fixed the drugs? With enough the drugs improved with enough, them. How many drugs... How many layers of drugs do we... Anyway... But I was going to say that I don't think any drug is going to improve me to the point that I would have decided instead to uh, uh, not stop my science classes in year 12 and uh, instead I took up drums. So I don't <laughs> know... Fair, fair cop. Uh, um, and finally... <laughs> and finally, Ben Russell. Oh, no. <laughs> Who shows the drugs do not improve us but they can improv us. And that, that is the most dangerous thing of all. Surely we can see the dangers in this. And the dangers of how dangerous drugs can be. Now just some improv, other Improv, not even once. Too many times for you tonight, I would say. What are you talking about? That was perfectly good. <laughs> no, it was. It was quite good. But Arjun, now, you said, you said the vaccine, if you think the vaccines have improved us as a society... Go to a fucking airport right now. Do you think... Have you, has anyone been to an airport? Have you tried to get your bags at an airport right now? And the vaccine... No, I don't know, actually. Maybe that one wasn't that good. That was a while back that I wrote that. Um, Arjun was talking about trying to get some bags. He was just trying to buy some bags now. <laughs> and that's good. Uh, but but not, on, not only are you going for drugs, you're going for them in the little plastic bags. Environmental monster. <laughs> You're going you're gonna to choke Nemo. And also one of the points was meth Nazis. I don't think that's a great argument against for drugs. I don't, I don't think meth Nazis is good. I also just wrote dead cat. We all have dead cats. Get over it. How many dead cats do you have? None of your business. <laughs> don't look in my yard. Anyway. She's got too many dead cats. <laughs> Anyway, go back to Galeed, Arjun. Um, also that, man's plenty, shut the fuck up. I was on the pill. I could have had an aneurysm. That's why I had to stop. Go get your balls cut off. I don't know what a vasectomy is. 
of our vibe. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kate said, what are we but our experiences of the world? I'm Rebecca. <laughs> Kate also said the LSD guy. I feel like the LSD guy sounds like a nightmare, like that guy you work with who's always high, and you're like, please stop, we've got to do the admin, you know? Like, I don't think that's a nice person to work with. Uh, also, Kate, rats are perfect, and you cannot improve them. <laughs> and I would love you to just stop it. Uh, and also, you, you pointed out alcohol as something that improves us. It's, it's a carcinogen! It's, uh, sorry, Howler. I'm sorry, Bar. <laughs> Everyone, get drinks. Okay. Now, Ben already admitted to being a rat as well. So he's with Martin's whole thing. So that's good. Martin... <laughs> Martin, you're part of Martin's new world? That's good. Yes, the new one. Uh, ben also talks about how much he loves drugs. <laughs> Is this the pinnacle of mankind? <laughs> I, I well, actually uh, recently got married. And <laughs> moved house. Got a nice place. I got a car. I got a little dog. Everything's actually really good. He's also Robert De Niro on occasion, and that just doesn't seem super good. I don't know. And also, Ben... Ari the brownies, which I'll get into, you're a good baker and I wanted to support you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes. Now, Ben was also diagnosed with adult ADHD and he mourns that he couldn't have been a better drug dealer. <laughs> I don't know if that's improved. Also, Ben said, baby's first refugee camp? Bit full on. I don't know. There's no joke there. Just thought it was a bit full on. Yeah, just repeating your joke. But also... Yeah. <laughs> But Ben also said that the previous president of the US is only alive because of drugs as an argument for him. <laughs> and then Ben ended on, no, seriously, come on. And to that I would say, no, seriously, come on. Come on, everybody. All right, so... Now, there's been a lot of arguments tonight, uh, but I'm not seeing a lot of solid scientific research, apart from the scientific papers. Let's ignore that. Um, but I'm pleased to say that I've actually been undertaking scientific research myself um, into the impact of drugs on a person for 31 years, and that person is me. Yes. I was running the study on myself when I was one. I'm one of the baby geniuses out of the 1997 movie Baby Geniuses. Uh, in my pretty thorough and largely embarrassing research, I will show you, through a select number of case studies, why drugs have never improved me or the lives of people around me. Now, case study number one, asthma medication. Now, there are a lot of people who would argue that uh, asthma medication is probably a good thing. A lot of lung function fans in the room. <laughs> Lungies or um, lung funds, flungs. Sorry, Beck, you, you dropped this. Thank you, I'm taking that. They're expensive. They cost 15 bucks. Uh, and look, largely I would agree with you as someone who has pretty severe asthma, but even after being on some sort of reliever and preventer for asthma medications pretty much every day of my life, I cannot say my life has been improved by drugs. If anything, it has been sanded, you know? It's not... It's the same level. Uh, you could argue the medication has not worsened my life, but here I am to argue the opposite. So here we go. Here we go. All right. As a child, sometimes my asthma would get so bad that in grade two I had to use a nebulizer to breathe. It's this machine. And it, it did help me breathe. You've caught me, okay? But also it turned me into this kid who sat, like, in the corner of the room with, like, a gas mask on my face. 
and a, just a, a whirring, screaming fan machine. And as the drugs worked, I got more and more twitchy, sort of like a Darth Vader that you could definitely, like, take down without a lightsaber, just a light breeze <laughs> out of here. But so me at eight years old, I was just in the corner going... <sighs> social status this made me one with the library <laughs> all right asthma drugs have not improved me they've helped me breathe but at what cost <laughs> I will never be the popular kid who has lunchables for lunch I was the one naming every Pokemon in order and eating worms <laughs> Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, Venusaur, Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, Squirtle, Wartortle, Blastoise anyway now, I don't think this helps prove my point. This is just an aside. But the one shining light in all of my childhood was that my ventolin inhaler wasn't just a normal ventolin inhaler. No, I had a magical object called a puffer pal that turned my inhaler into the decapitated head of Lisa Simpson. <laughs> yeah. And look, don't get me wrong, this is good. Don't worry, I had one myself, Ben. Nice. But you know what's even better? This. This is great, actually. <laughs> oh, delicious. It actually tastes like rubber a bit. But anyway, so while drugs do not improve us, drugs can be improved. But, and maybe that cancels out the first argument. Probably not. <laughs> All right. C case study two, illicit drugs. Okay. You can probably tell I do a lot of illicit drugs by how I refer to them as illicit drugs. Uh, I can count the number of times I've done illicit drugs on my hand, and that is because I'm not on drugs. Look how steady that is. And, these, and they're not waving around like psychedelic. Anyway, yep, good. Now, in my really in-depth research, I have on a number of occasions been the person at the party who was not on cocaine. Have you ever been at a party where you're the only one not on cocaine? That is not a room full of improved people. When you were at that party, you weren't that great, i got to say. Um... That's a room full of people who think they're the Kardashians on a yacht, but they're instead in Coburg. And they're also on a yacht, but the yacht's parked out the front of someone's house and the police are coming. <laughs> and you may be asking me, Beck, why were you not on the cocaine? <laughs> Weird question. Uh, and that is because, and rightly so, the friends of these parties did not offer it to me. <laughs> and I did not ask because I'm cool like that. And it's not because I'm afraid of it. Okay, but a good representation of the aforementioned drugs uh, that weren't offered to me can be traced back to a few times I have partook in marijuana. <laughs> weed, weed, I don't know what to call it. Uh, so, I actually anonymised this, but this is great actually. So, the only time I've ever had a weed brownie was at someone's house. <laughs> at someone's house, just a lovely casual meet up with friends. I was offered a piece and look, I'm a chocoholic. First and foremost. And that's a gateway straight in. Um, so, because I found out after everyone else, I had had... Everyone else had a little bit, right? They just had a little bit. I didn't know that. I had the amount that I'd usually have when I ate a brownie. <laughs> which is uh, too much. <laughs> and from that moment on, at the casual dinner party I was at, I was no longer there. <laughs> I was trapped inside my own mind. It was really funny. <laughs> I couldn't speak at bed. I don't know if you remember, 
But once I was able to gather up enough brain cells to put together, the one thing I managed to say to the person who gave them to me, once again, anonymized, was in slow motion, because this is how fast I could talk, was, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Maybe to, tonight. To be honest, Beck, it was an improvement. <laughs> Haha, ha, sympathy. That is you were a I lot more it. chill. <laughs> uh, and I don't think it was an improvement on me, to tell you the truth. Like, sure, being a writer-comedian isn't great, but, like, a slow-motion murderer is kind of ineffective at best. Um, and then one of the other few times I had some weed and had a nice time, it was, it was New Year's Eve. Um, and we were... Uh, my friend uh, gave me some... and. Um, we were all having a lovely time. There was smoke in the air. And then as midnight chimed, we all sang Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> and then the year 2020 started. Now, I don't want to say that that sounds like a ritual to bring on a pandemic, but it sure feels like it in hindsight. So I would argue, yes, drugs... No, they didn't improve us. They probably caused COVID anyway. No further questions on that one. Now, and case study they three. All said, oh, I'm not saying it was bad. Never, ever. No, I'm just saying that we caused um, a lot of people uh, ups. Yeah, it was bad for society. It was good for us. Um, case study three is a quick one. It's just on cigarettes. Um, now, cigarettes, admittedly, they look cool, all right? They kill you. I get it. They're bad. No one's denying that. But the one improvement they make is that you can look cool. And I know this because at least three cool people I know have said to me on separate occasions that they started smoking cigarettes because Julian Casablanca smoked cigarettes. And they were like, he's cool. But it's not a universal truth that cigarettes make... Did you also start smoking because of Julian? What is happening? Anyway, what, is, what, what power does this man wield? Uh, it's not a universal truth that cigarettes make you cool. Um, and I can tell you this because I don't know how to smoke and I think at this point it's uh, too shameful to ask. <laughs> you know how people used to have like uh, kids chopsticks and they had the, like the thing in the middle? I need that for cigarettes. <laughs> because I, I don't... Sometimes I'll be standing outside and sometimes people will go like, hey, do you want... Whatever they do. <laughs> And when I'm not thinking straight, I'm like, yeah. And I don't know how to hold it. I don't know how to get it off them. Is it like this? <laughs> do you do it this way? <laughs> that feels weird. <laughs> this feels like it would be better because it's too recorder style. <laughs> but I still don't think that's right. But you know what the best way to hold cigarettes is? I've actually, I did do some research. I've worked it out. It's to, you go like this, and then you go, and then you pour this stuff about will kill you they will kill you and you're not the lead singer of the strokes I'm so sorry so in conclusion yes shut the fuck up we are we, we did debating in high school we know how these things work in conclusion yes drugs can be useful but they can never improve you and my team nerd Frida does algebra for fun <laughs> Martin's not from this world and wants to be half weasel 
And we're not saying drugs are bad. We're saying we're bad. I think you can all agree we're not that great, are we? <laughs> and I don't think drugs are making it better. Because look at me, the ultimate scientific study into it all and falling apart at the seams. I didn't even mention the year that I decided to get into gin as a New Year's resolution. <laughs> that, was, that was not a good year. Gin is not a hobby. It's, um, it's a drink for sad nanas and murderous aunts from Poirot. Anyway. Now, if I and my team have somehow not convinced you that drugs ruin your life, consider this. This whole speech... I've been on asthma medication the whole time. So if I didn't convince you, am I really to blame? I don't think so. Also, my mum's in the audience and I don't think she knew about anything I've said. So please let us win. Drugs do not improve us. Good night. Betrayers. That is still not the most annoying thing that Beck has ever thrown into the air at a sci-fi science comedy debate. Glitter is the herpes of the craft world. We know that. It's been a night, hasn't it? It's been a night. A lot of things have happened. A lot of things have been said. A lot of things have been incriminated. Um, I'm going to do a summary of, of what's happened in a second. But before we do that, I'm just... Uh, can I have a round of applause for all the debaters? <laughs> we, we come to this shameless self-promotion bit of sci-fi. I'm going to throw to each of our debaters to let you know about where you can go to learn more about them and what they do when they're not here incriminating themselves. Arjun, do you have anything you want to pitch? This is like the, the really sad part of the night. I've got nothing going on. <laughs> um, during lockdown, like every... I mean, on the topic of drugs, like everyone who was coked up at some point, I talked about doing a podcast. It's been three years. I haven't done anything. Um, so, yeah. It's like, like an anti-plug, really, isn't it? Looking for a new cat. So... <laughs> Please direct your cat inquiries Kate. I think that is brave because you're the one dude that won't start a podcast. <laughs> I think that's brave. Yeah. This is where I plug my podcast, right? <laughs> so I have a podcast, guys. Yeah. I am that guy. Curiosity killed the rat. It's kind of funny. Uh, kind of science-y. Kind of fun. Um, uh, yeah, that's... Mm, thanks, Ben. <laughs> uh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, that the Time to Die podcast is actually a television show now oh. on tenplay.com.au, and it, there's a pilot for Pilot Week. And if you go on that website, you can view it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tonight Anyone have else? Been so strange. It's just like I can what you're watched saying. It? Anyone watched it? Just him. <laughs> All right, well, that's a... Do, please. How much is it? It's free, sir. It's a, <laughs> I honestly don't know what the fuck to do with you. <laughs> Sorry for the negative. Anyone got anything they want to pitch? 
Yes, podcast here as well. I've got my podcast. Actually, there's a whole debate. Was an ad for my podcast, Science of the Movies. You want to find out about clown doctors? We did a Patch Adams. You want to find out about <laughs> Nazis and drugs? We did Captain America. Humans and animals. We've done all of it. Psychedelics. We've done all of it. If you want more information about every fucking thing everyone spoke about, Science at the Movies. <laughs> that was so drug dealer kind of pitch. So it was great. I got it all. I got it all. That was fantastic. Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter until I get annoying and you mute me. <laughs> <laughs> I've already muted you. Mine too, it's good. Um, I'm on Twitch, sorry. Um, t- Twitch.tv slash Beckness. Um, and I, I said, ga- I said gamer at the start, but I've been painting a wall. Um, <laughs> it's a weird platform. <laughs> yep, that's all. Beautiful. All right. Uh, in a moment, uh, I'm going to ask all of you to vote for your favourite team. But before we do that, um, not favourite, the most compelling, the most evidence-based. We don't pick favourites in science. Uh, but I'll just give you a quick summary of, of you know, what's happened this evening. Um, look, uh, it became apparent... Um, oh, listen to you all conferring. <laughs> Fascinating. Oh, Yep. Uh, <laughs> Lord knows I have. All right. Uh, look, I think we got a bit of a feel for the kind of night we were going to have when no one booed Nazis, but several people booed the Peter Mac McCallum Centre, Cancer Centre. <laughs> Uh, AJ kicked off the evening um, (laughs) with the argument that uh, if you hate drugs, you're an anti-vaxxer, you hate women, the poor, love Nazis, and you hate his dead cat. Uh, And they say, go hard or go home. So, full props to AJ. Um, Frida does not care about fruit flies, this is clear. Um, (laughs) Frida went from clown doctors... Uh, took a sharp right turn to Pythagorean triples, uh, which gave me intellectual whiplash, I will be honest. Uh, then told AJ to get a vasectomy. Uh, and everyone seemed on board with that, to be honest. <laughs> Might be the one thing that brought everyone in the room together. <laughs> Kate one-upped the negative by what they'd injected into what kind of rodent, and that was a weird flex, but okay. (laughs) Martin. (laughs) There are still no words, so... (laughs) It's proved entirely rebuttal-proof. Ben boldly began by comprehensively incriminating himself uh, in the way that the debaters up until this point had skillfully avoided all evening. We have an unusually high ratio of debaters' parents in the audience tonight, and for better or worse, I'm not sure. He then... (laughs) It's nowhere to go. Uh, Ben then incriminated the rest of the comedy scene and then the entire world of sport... Concluding that, no, but seriously, drugs are good. So, you know, you can't add anything to that. (laughs) Beck has an unspecified number of dead cats. 
love rats and made asthma cool somehow. So that's, uh, that brings us up to now. It is over to you. If you thought the affirmative were the superior, the most well-researched, the most philosophically astute debating team tonight, make some noise! <laughs> And if you thought the negative came out one inch, one metre, one millennia in front of the affirmative in superiority, make some noise! A lot of narcs in this room, huh? Alanta was looking for debate topics, and I'm still annoyed we didn't go with the one I pitched, which was, should I take this pill I found? (laughs) That is Martin's pitch for his next Melbourne International Comedy Festival show. Maybe the affirmative would have won this time. (laughs) Well, you heard it from the mouth before. The negative won this debate. Round of applause. Drugs do not improve us. You have been an infinitely strange, very mouthy and wonderful audience. Thank you so much for coming along. Huge round of applause for Rob on sound. Massive thank you to The Howler for having us again, despite what happened last time. If you would like to come along to SciFight again, uh, you can head to scifight.com.au and sign up for a newsletter. I will only spam you with some of my many opinions. You've been a treasure. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next time. Good night. Yeah.